with a Texas twang. Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19. Now, Anna Crafty Pierce, I am so glad you're on the show with me today. We have a great conversation coming up. Hi, Mom. Hi, sweetie. I've missed you. I, we won't go into a lot of details, but I'm just glad to hear your voice. We we don't want to we don't want to bore people with all the stuff that's going on in the background. But y'all been traveling, and I've just been missing you. So it was really good to have you home and to see your kids last weekend. Thank you for that. They were so excited to jump in the pool and spend time with you guys. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Okay, me too. I love seeing them uh, take off like little ducks in the water. Okay, so today we're we're talking about one of my favorite subjects. We're bringing a whole bunch of stuff together, and I, so I want to just start by saying I think it's really important when we talk about learning and lifelong learning. I am amazed how many of my friends feel really insecure about history because they feel like they don't know the timelines. And so today's topic is we're talking about how to give your kids a love of history and how to act out history as part of their learning. <laughs> I know it sounds so crazy. Yes. I'm almost like, where do we start? But because you're an educator and an artist and I raised all these really smart, creative kids and um, and you're and you're so servant hearted yourself. I feel like this is the perfect topic for us to talk about. So. Do you have, do you want to just start, just like jump in there with stories about how drama affected your, um, your perspective on loving history? Because you, you, all three of my kids love history. Now, some of them are more prone to pick up a history book and read it, where others just want to ask me what I think. <laughs> well, and, just, and when you we know. were, we, we were going back and forth about topics and brainstorming and you sent me the email and the first, at first blush, when I read about today's topic, I was like drama does she mean like and I immediately went for drama like as in we tell our kids okay we don't need this much drama like oh. interactions <laughs> that are dramatic rather than plays and theater yeah yeah <laughs> I, I like, know actually drama is part of my teaching philosophy but she means theater <laughs> well that's interesting because honestly kids that are more prone to drama like the bad kind they're actually the kids that are going to be most responsive when you start making drama part of what you're teaching them and teaching them to love history and drama and passion like drama in the sense of being dramatic in our interactions and passion are intricately linked periodically I get dramatic on my husband and sometimes I have to go back and apologize for my drama but I also remind him that that it's a good thing he married somebody passionate it gets stuff done 
Yeah. And, and it fills our life with, with laughter and creativity and, and the moments when we don't have energy, sometimes the passion or the, the drama, so to speak, gets us through. When I I misread your email at first, I was like, oh, this is going to be an interesting conversation. And then I reread it and went, well, this will still be an interesting conversation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, I love that. I also think that kids who are prone to drama, who who want to use their outside voice all the time and, and who want to describe something with big hand motions or, you know, they just, they're just, they just, their passion leaks out everywhere they go. They are also the ones that are going to engage with other people's stories once they once they learn mm-hmm. to to see them as real, to see beyond themselves. It's always easy for us dramatic people to just be the center of the universe. But if you can teach a kid to see beyond themselves, they're going to most fully engage with other people's stories because it'll be real for them. Like like when my sweet brother, when he was little, would watch a, a western show and then he would live it out afterwards. Um, it's, it's such a dear thing. I love that. And, and I think that's why I picked servant hearted as the character quality I wanted to focus on today too, that, and I define it this way, the person willing to be last in line for goodies and first in line to step up to work and sacrifice. That's what it means to be servant hearted. And so I like that idea when you talk about history, because so much of the history that we love as a family has to do with sacrifices other people have made along the way, especially American history and Texas history is just full of those kind of things. Like we were just at the Alamo. And of course, this is truth with the Texas twang. So we get really sentimental about the Alamo in this state. And I, I know we have people listening from all over, but if you're not familiar with the story of the Alamo, I would encourage you to incorporate that into what you're teaching your children because it's a beautiful story of people willing to give up their lives in order to give freedom to the next generation. So that's a that to me that's pretty timely when you're talking about history right now and the culture we're in at the moment. You know, making sacrifices, being servant-hearted to give the next generation something really beautiful. What do you think, Anna? I mean, that's pretty. Don't you think that goes together pretty well? It does. And and recently, I was watching some other educators who are lesbians, like they are the drama teachers at the school I work at, and they were talking about how dear it is when you act something out, something historic. As an actor, you get to put yourself in the place of the role you're playing. And how do you do that with integrity mm. and and really look at what it means to be that person and their context and their emotions and, and they're human too. They're a different person than you, but you have, no matter how different than they, they are than you are and your circumstances, you have things in common to build from, to build this persona so that you can act out their character on stage. Wow. And so listening to those two very, we have amazing theater teachers at our school, listening to them talk about how they teach that in their classroom and going back and forth about it and how proud they were of their students and which things their, their, their dear students and actors caught and were able to describe and what they learned from this experience. It really did reinforce to me the idea that theater is so powerful and getting to be the character. I remember every play we did as children, mom, and we by no means were thespians. Like we were just playing. It was fun. It was a way of engaging with history, lightweight, you know, in bathrobes with, yeah. with bedsheet curtains. But right. even at that level, I remember every play we did. 
And yeah. the togas, the, the turbans that we put in our hair, because that's what we needed for whatever play it was. And yes. I think we did Shakespeare. We did some Greek tragedy. We did, um, oh, the mystery. Um, we did a Sherlock Holmes. It was a play based on a Sherlock Holmes book. And I remember my little brother, we told him he couldn't read yet. So he had to do the non-speaking parts. So he was the dead body. <laughs> and we thought that was so genius. The little boy who couldn't read yet could be the dead body under the sheet. It was perfect. That is so funny. I don't even remember that. And he was so gay and he loved being the dead body. Like, but I, I remember every play because I was a character because oh. I got to be the person. I see. That's why I think when you're talking about lifelong learning, it, it, it is so much more than engaging your children in learning something like checking off a list. So we, we know about World War II. We know about the American Revolution. We know about um, women getting the vote, suffrage, suffrage, suffrage. You know, we know about um, the 1920s and prohibition, whatever. It's so much more than that. To me, when history is always the stories, it's always about the people and, and their, you can their learn challenges. About it. Uh-huh. You can learn about it in a book and it's not real. I'm telling you, yeah. we went down to that Bob Bullock Museum with our kids. You may have been with us. I've been there who knows how many times because yeah. we love Texas history and learning about where we're from. And I know about suffrage. I was aware of it yes. the first time when I was little bitty when we watched Mary Poppins and there's the song. Yes. And I was like, okay, yes. what does that even mean? And it was a happy, yes. lightweight introduction to the idea that women didn't always get to vote. They didn't always have the rights we have now. Yes. But it wasn't real to me until this most, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear up talking about this, mom. It's crazy. It wasn't real to me that women really sacrificed so we could have that freedom till I stood in front of that exhibit with my daughter. Oh. And, and I did this, what I'm doing right now talking to you, I started crying. Wow. Because it was real. Oh. Because the context, because I was standing there with her. Yes. Well, I tell you, Anna, that really sums it up. If if people don't know about the Bob Bullock Museum, we just took our oldest grandsons down there. And I'm telling you, we could have spent the whole day in that one spot in two days. It's so they amazing. They fabulous boat on the first yeah, floor. I, ex- every time I walk through, there's that beautiful rescued boat off the bottom of the ocean. That's the um, the Spanish Yes. Um, explorers ship and they've got all the different pieces and you can yes. walk through like it's so cool. Um, yeah. But the it, suffragette, that exhibit last time is the one that caught me. Well, I, I, it had, it had, you know, I've been there a million times and it hadn't gotten any less wonderful every time I'm there. I'm so thankful for it. And of course we have that wonderful American freedom museum here too. We're going to have, a, we've got two more minutes. So I just want to sum up what we've said so far and why we're here we're parking on this idea of acting out history because some kids really don't do as well with books. It's hard for them to imagine. But Anna, I loved your point. When you act, when you have to embrace the person and try to project what they were feeling and thinking about, that really helps create empathy in the heart of your child. So when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about what it means to be really mature and servant hearted and why that matters and I've got some great Bible verses. I hope we have time for all this, Anna. I think I'm going to close this minute or two with a, I love this. There's oh, so, many, okay. so many great quotes. To maintain a joyful family requires much from both the parents and the children. Each member of the family has to become, in a special way, the servant of the others. That's from Pope John Paul II. I just love, I love that quote. When I saw it, I couldn't wait to share it with you and with everybody 
I think your family really epitomizes that on it. It's so dear to see you serving each other the way y'all do and the way you've, your little bitty kids, they're already, my grandchildren, they're already starting to serve each other and, and you guys and me. I mean, it's really precious to see how that is so contagious in a family. Okay, so this is this is Truth with a Texas Twang. Anna is an artist and an educator and my daughter. And we're going to be back in a minute, but don't forget, you can find all this at kathycraffy.com. C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward.com. We'll be right back, so stay with us. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Help me, Toginet. You're my only hope. I want to start a podcast, but I simply don't have time. How do I take care of the details? Editing? Contacting guests? Where do I put it so that people can listen in? Fear not. The podcasting wizards here at Toginet can take care of all of the details because we provide full-service podcasting for all of our hosts so that you can focus on your message. We even build you a webpage that you can edit. And we send your podcast out to Spotify and iTunes so that your message is easy to find. Wow, you can do all of that? You've magically cured my anxiety. Where do I sign up? You can find all of our packages on our website, toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. If you would like to talk to one of us, call us at 903-787-5880 or email us at staff at toginetradio.com. Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations, life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then, The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home. Where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, my 
Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. on shrimp and catfish and mammy's good gumbo. Hey, welcome back. We're talking about lifelong learning and how drama can really engage your your kids, certain kids especially, in, in history so that they understand that history is not just boring. It's really alive with the stories of people who made sacrifices for us. And so we love history at our house. All my kids love it. Even the kids that don't like reading that much still love it. And one reason is because we acted out a ton of history. And Anna was reminding me on the break of some of the stuff that we did. I'm going to get her to tell one of those stories. But before we go any further, I just want to shout out to our sweet producer, Roy Bryan, is now a daddy. And over the break, he was showing us pictures of the most beautiful little baby. So I just want to throw that in there so we'll document this moment together. Okay, Anna. Let's talk about, well, should I do a Bible verse or should we start with a yes. quote? Okay, and then you tell you, a story. You do your Bible verse and I'll, I'll, I'll um, see your Bible verse and, and meet you. Okay, <laughs> this one is funny to me because, and it isn't funny at all. It's a very serious verse, but I use it every time. <laughs> this is so bad. I'll probably get, my kids will have to go to counseling or my grandchildren. But uh, you've heard this so many times, you could probably quote it on it. And he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last and servant of all. Now, I quoted that so many times to my it kids. In Mark and 9, yeah, Mark 9, 35 through 37. <laughs> my children quote it to each other, and I look at them, and I mean, but what? I look at them, and I say, because, you know, they're quoting it because they want to cut in line, or somebody's cut in line in front of them. And uh-huh. I look at them, and I say, but what is the heart of that? What does it really mean? And they go, we're meant to serve each other. And you know, they're a little chin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, well, I don't even know what it means. But they absolutely I'm re- take it out of context. <laughs> yeah. I would, they beat each other, each other over the head with it probably. So, but I love this part. Uh, so I'm going to read. Line verse. <laughs> yes. I'm going to read the second part. Then he took a little child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken, taken him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. So that, I mean, that's part of our history, too. We don't want to forget that. This beautiful teaching that Jesus did about being a servant and being sacrificial, that became, uh, well, epitomized in his life when he sacrificed himself on the cross for our sin so that's pretty important, and that's that's one great way, uh, just one more important part of history that we don't want to treat it like a story. We want to treat and, it like this really happened, and it's very important. And, and the next time I put, the next time I need to tell my sweet, dear, wonderful, made in God's image child, who probably is driving me crazy in the moment, <laughs> the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Instead of just telling them, maybe I'll pull them into my lap so they'll understand the context. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that, that Jesus treats us all, we are all, if we choose to be God, he doesn't just say, you belong to me. We're his children. <laughs> that, the context of that verse is so powerful. Well, and here's one from Plato. I always like to be really ecumenical in what I share because I think it's so important to grab wisdom when you can and you don't have to learn it the hard way. Like so much of my life is 
the stuff that I know I learned the hard way. So I just tried to give you all as much easy stuff as I could. So that's why if people are wondering, why do you quote all these random people? Well, that's why. So Plato said this, he who is not a good servant will not be a good master. Oh, yeah. Isn't that profound? So when we're talking about acting out history, helping our kids understand that history is valuable and it's beautiful stories of people's sacrifices, real people. And then we're talking about you and I just talking about servant heartedness. And one thing I did want to do with our son in particular is I wanted him to understand what it meant to be under authority with us, because when he, I knew he would be a leader eventually. I just, you could tell it when he was a kid, a tiny kid, but when he became a leader, I wanted him to understand what it, that he could exercise authority in a very gentle and kind way, but he could also um, anticipate that people would be willing to follow him and, and they should accept his authority when he had it, you know, you don't want to miss misuse authority. I have a really good one here about misused authority too. But anyway, that's what he said. Plato, he is not a good servant will not be a good master. I really wanted will to have our son to have confidence about his leadership style and what it meant. And God being the great creator of the whole universe and making things in his, his own image for his own pleasure I think Plato lived how many years before Christ? And that statement was true. Right. And right. My, my sweet friend who keeps my life in order at school, who's one of the, the admin people, um, um, she assists my principal doing something that involves dates and keeping us all organized. And I don't know exactly what her role is, but I'm thankful. And she says in her family, she, she quotes this over her children. It's their little quick phrase to, to communicate it as a family. She says, see a need meet a need. Meaning if you see the dirty sock on the floor, whether or not it's yours, bend over and pick it up. Wow. <laughs> so they're, they're shorthand for that as a family because we serve each other, just like the quote you had from that was one of the popes, right? Um, yes. Before the break. Yes. Was John, her pope, pope John Paul II. Yeah. Her shorthand in their family for that idea, the big idea of leaders serve and we serve each other as a family. That's what makes a family is because we are people who see each other's needs and we meet them. So she says, see a need, need a need. Isn't that great? I, I love that. Okay, so don't let me forget. I'm writing myself a note. I want to do something on timelines because you know what a nut I am for them. And we won't do that now. I don't want to get distracted. But um, they're so useful in education. Now, I just looked up Plato because I was feeling a little embarrassed that I didn't know exactly when he lived. He lived 428 to 347. So he was about 350 to 400 years before Jesus. Okay. Yeah. I just thought that was worth knowing. Okay. It's amazing um, what you can learn about truth um, by observing what God made. It's just incredible. People, stuff, nature. Yeah. I mean, it, it, his world is amazing. So we, we talked a little Plato bit about such a thinker. drama as a format. I promised the story. Go ahead and tell the story you told me at the break. Do you remember which one it was? I can't remember. Okay, I'm literally looking at the book. So I, after we did our first play as kids with another family we loved who had the right age kids to act, I went out because I collect books, even as a little kid, and I found an, a play. It's, it's Plays Children Love, Volume 2, and it includes all the fabulous classic children's literature made into play format. Now, wait, pause. Reason about, wait, wait, wait. Were you an adult when you did this, or were you a kid? Oh, no. when, 
this Were was you, in you, junior high when we did that first family play with some family friends. They came over. We okay. the kids found the bed sheets and the robes. We put up together a play. And then oh. we liked it so much, we decided we'd do it again. Well, I oh. went and bought a book so we could do it better. Oh, that is and, so funny. I never even realized that was happening. Oh, yes. But you made us copies because I didn't have a copy machine, so I needed you to make the copies. But we oh. highlighted all over it first. We were very efficient. So <laughs> I have all the highlights here and all the notes. I mean, like, we have notes about who needs a scar on their cheek for the play. <laughs> and um, so, but, but Will, this is the funny part. So, but, oh, here's why we picked this one. So we picked Treasure Island because it was Ellen, my sister's. She loved Robert Louis Stevenson. Yeah, so me we too. picked a book that was classic literature that we'd all read that we wanted to make real a play, right? We wanted to act it out. And, and, and also, may, because, may I just say one thing? Yeah. Also, Ellen loved to pretend to be a pirate. And there was nothing oh, more fun than pushing up and down the canal in her on an old barge that had no longer had a motor. Because y'all With could pine, all... pine sticks. Because we'd all go the down neighbors, and push out over the trees in the, in the woods to use it. All the neighbors the were pirates when okay. they were growing up. I'm just throwing that in. Yes. Okay, so back to your story. So we... Um, I have all the names, like there were only four actors who could read. So we had to divide up all the parts and we all had multiple costumes that we had to quit change. <laughs> and we all played girls and guys parts because we had a, we only had one guy actor who could read. And um, so I got to be Long John Silver and Ben Gunn and Billy Bones. I'm so lucky I got some really great roles. But Will, <laughs> my little brother, couldn't read. He couldn't read. So he, he, but he had to be a pirate, right? Because we weren't going to leave him out of the fun. And so he got to be a pirate and he walked around. I, don't, I can't remember what we gave him if we gave him a mug but his one line was to say, yo ho ho, and a bottle of rum, just periodically throughout the play, because he was a pirate. <laughs> no. I can't believe I let y'all do that with my little baby son. That is so funny. Oh, uh, oh, he, he, he grew up to be fairly normal. I want to say he grew up to be normal, so we could be grateful for that. <laughs> it was genius, though, on our parts as the directors, like, because he couldn't read and he needed a line, and boy, how do he could remember that one. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I think that's so, that's so funny. And you know what I love about it? It really does. You know, I mean, if this doesn't demonstrate, when you get the right kids involved, they start to take ownership of plays. And I mean, we've taken y'all to more plays over the years, too. It it helps kids develop a love for culture. If you don't, I mean, Robert Louis Stevenson and Pirates, that is part of American history, I guess, and English history. But it does kind of provide a hook where you can explain what it meant to be a pirate, I guess. For sure, Why they existed private yeah. years. Like, there's a whole chunk of history. It's set in 1750. Yeah, so there's a huge chunk of history that happens around this fictional thing that was written later by right bef- the genius right who was Robert Louis Ameri- Stevenson. Yeah, right before the American <laughs> Revolution. Well, and um, okay, so we have two minutes left. This this is Anna Pierce Craffy. I mean, Anna Craffy Pierce and Kathy Craffy. I want to give you my, spell my uh, website because we have so much stuff there. We Anna and I do fun stuff together, but we also have all these hard topics that you don't usually talk about in church. And I bring in experts to talk about those things with us. So you can find all that at Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. And we are Truth with a Texas Twang, and I'm going to have to close it out. Anna, thank you for being with me today. I love you so much. This is so much fun to talk about. (laughs) I know. I love you, too. All right. Thanks for joining us. We're really glad you're with us. Thank you 
for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, fellas.